Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And you're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, along with your host, Father Anthony Craig, the pastor of St. Joseph Church in Crosby and Our Lady of Fatima in Garrison, Minnesota. These, uh, that's where we're broadcasting from. And uh, we are broadcasting live from Crosby, Minnesota. Father Anthony has been our pastor here. I'm, I'm the deacon at this parish. Father Anthony's been our pastor for a little over a month now. Mm-hmm. Six Fi- weeks. Found all the light switches? Yeah, <laughs> barely. Barely? Barely everything? <laughs> good, good. Enjoying your time here, I hope? I love it. I have oh. loved every minute of it. Good, I have. Good, Well, we're about to bring that to a screeching home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please now, please. Uh, right now, put me out of my misery. <laughs> uh, Father, maybe uh, you could give us a, a little opening prayer something and we'll we'll talk a little about what we're going to do today absolutely in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen Amen. our lord and our god we know that you are here that you see us that you hear us we adore you with profound reverence we ask pardon for our sins and ask you to make our lives fruitful in your service mary our immaculate mother saint joseph our universal patron saint augustine our guardian angels intercede for us Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Father, you have been on Real Presence Radio as a guest. Yes. A number of times. You've co-hosted it at least once. Right. Um, do you think it's appropriate to introduce yourself a little bit? Tell, you, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? I could do that, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, okay. Very good. All right. So, yeah, I, Father Anthony uh, Craig is my name. Um, and then beyond that, I'm now the priest in Crosby, Hillman, and Garrison, Minnesota. Um, I work also in the marriage and family office as an assistant to it. And we do a lot of things with marriage renewal and marriage prep and a resource center for the diocese. And I'm, I'm pumped about both roles. I love being a priest. I have um, I have loved every minute of being here in Crosby, Hillman, and Garrison for sure. And, um, yeah, I love working in the marriage and family office. And that's kind of what we're doing today, I think. Yeah. I guess I misintroduced you as our pastor. Technically, you're the administrator, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, so, true, true. And, until our, uh, our new bishop-elect um, makes it formal, right? Right. Yeah. So I'm an administrator until our new bishop is consecrated bishop in October. Mm-hmm. And when he's consecrated bishop in October, then he'll probably, after a short amount of time, name all the guys that had been moved uh, pastors. Because right now we're all parish administrators. administrators. like eight right. of us. Right. Uh, we're all kind of waiting for that nod to that <laughs> right right that office or okay. whatever well very good well father let's get to our first guest peter martin is with us he's the director of uh, of the office of life marriage and family and faith formation in the diocese of winona rochester peter welcome thanks so much good morning everyone good morning it's good, morning. good to have you uh, on the air with us how, how are you doing today doing very well it's a blessed day feast of saint augustine we're happy to be here happy to be on the air very good tell us just a little bit about yourself so I am a married man of 19 years. I have eight children, and I am, as you said, the director of the Office of Life, Marriage, and Family, and Faith Formation for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. I've been here for about 10 years. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, very good. And uh, talking about a topic that's very near and dear to uh, Father Anthony's heart, marriage and family and all that. 
Definitely, definitely. I, you know, uh, Peter, I was wondering if you could just kind of give an overview of what the Catholic Church teaches about the family and the importance of family life in the world. Absolutely, sure. Father, I was looking at your bio, and <laughs> ours are almost exact. Um, I went really? to St. John Vianney Seminary. I left the seminary after I graduated with a double major, Catholic Studies Philosophy, and I went to Rome and studied. I went to the Angelicum, not the Greg. Uh, I started at the Institute in Rome, the John Paul II Institute. Uh, our firstborn was born, so we went home to the United States, and I finished my license at the Institute in Washington, D.C. So when I saw your bio, I thought, what the heck? Wow. <laughs> exactly like mine. So, yes, we have a lot in common. That's um, amazing. But you asked me a question about uh, the, the Church's view of the family. And obviously the Church takes a very high view of the family uh, in considering how Jesus Christ came to us. God came to us through a family. And, and obviously as, as God, the Creator, He could have uh, come to us in any way, shape, or form, but He chose to come to us in a very human way of being born into a family. So it's very close to God's heart. Uh, and JP2 had a lot of great things to say about how or why that is. And in particular, he looks at how we are created uh, as images of God. And God himself is not just one, but he is three persons. And so he himself is a community of persons, and that's who we are, made in his image. And so the family, of course, has a very high role in the Church, because we image God the Father by being a community of persons. So I, uh, along with my wife, we come together and we create life, and it's a very similar uh, way that we look at God the Father with uh, the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus Christ, how through that very dynamic um, that that love of the three, how how that is imaged very well by the family, and so the family has a great vocation in the world to show forth God's love, to show forth God and the love that He has for humanity, and then of course we also, uh, between my wife and I, we show forth the image of Christ and His love for his bride, the Church. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. You're like a living advertisement for <laughs> Christ's love uh, for his bride, the Church, um, which is wonderful. And that, that witness is so powerful and uh, important today, uh, even as it seems that it has some unhealthiness to it today in different ways. But how's the family doing today in the culture that you see and our families fulfilling this mission in the world, and, and how can maybe they, they grow in that, uh, fulfilling that mission? Yeah, so I guess that, you know, when you look at the general idea of the family, in particular the last 10 years, you see a huge breakdown, and it comes from the, the core of our being, and St. Augustine himself said, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. And in our society, what have we done? But we said, no, let's just take God out of the picture, and then let's see if we can do it ourselves. And so that's the huge breakdown comes from this exact thing. We decided we're going to create a quote-unquote family 
uh, and it's going to work out. We're going to find heaven on earth, and we're, we don't need God. And that's where the whole breakdown comes from, is we decide, well, family isn't necessarily mother and father and child. It could be that your pet is your child, right? And mm-hmm. <laughs> you can have more than one mother in a family. You know, we've decided, why don't we define the terms? Why do we have to go with these old views of the way things used to be? And so there's the breakdown, right? We take God out of the picture, and we no longer have that talos. We don't know why we are, right? We don't, we don't actually fulfill our mission because we don't have a mission. We, we try to define it ourselves, and you know how fickle we are. Mm-hmm. One day we like this, and then after a while we don't like that so much, and we switch to something else. Our, our desires aren't always very concrete. And God, of course, is perfect, and His desire for us and His love is everlasting, and it never changes. So as soon as we get back on uh, you know, as soon as we, we point our compass towards that which is good, we can repair the family. And that repair and that, that health of the family is so important since the family is that cell of all society. And if the cells are healthy and communicating with each other in a healthy manner, um, you can see light and truth there and goodness kind of overflowing. But yeah, with the secularism that you just spoke about, uh, Peter, it's re- really true. And there's lack of clarity there, too, of what the ma- family is. I mean, when you take God out of the picture, there's, there's not as much clarity of the truth of that. And we want to yeah. bring out that, the truth once again, even if there are small pockets of it. Is that what you're seeing? How are you seeing like the real Catholic families that are out there, um, just the witness that they give and how important that is? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely uh, great importance. We uh, experience it ourselves. So as I said, we have eight children, and we are very much public, especially, um, you know, you you can't miss a family with eight kids. (laughs) But we also sit right in front of church, and more than once people have come up to us and said, what a blessing it is to have you here. You bring great joy just in seeing you. Uh, and, and a lot of times that, that confuses me because I'm like, well, you must have been sitting further in the back because <laughs> the kids were not very well behaved, <laughs> and how could that bring you joy? But uh, as, as our studies have shown through JP2 and in our theology, I recognize that, that, yes, it shows them God's love because it shows a great deal of sacrifice. And that's the, the thing that the world wants to de- deny, is this paradox that Christ has brought into the world, that to fully live is to die to oneself. And that sacrifice, that's why it's so powerful to have us wearing and showing the crucifix, because we remember the source of love is truly dying to ourselves. And what did Jesus say? That no one has a greater love for another than to die for another. And that's uh, the, the beauty of living in a large family, is that we get to bring forth this mission just by being who we are. You know, there's that great uh, uh, apostolic uh, 
apostolic letter from JP2 back in eight, uh, 1981, the Familiaris Consortio, where he simply says, families become who you are. And in there, he defines what it is that we are meant to be. And again, it's exactly this. You're meant to be a reflection of God's love. And of course, the other thing about, um, you know, Catholic families that are, that are sacrificing and, and, and fulfilling their mission of, of bringing forth life, uh, the one thing that they recognize is that sacrifice. And a lot of times they need to be encouraged. And so for those of you that are listening, thank you for all the sacrifice that you're making and it does make a difference. It makes a difference even if people haven't encouraged you, even if you felt the opposite. Sadly, I know a lot of large families that do receive criticism. Uh, and, you know, and when, you, when you have a large family, you just have to kind of get tough skin and realize that we are countercultural. And people are certainly going to say, that bugs me. <laughs> and they're going <laughs> to yeah. say things that aren't, right. aren't very comfortable. But you just grin and bear it. It's another cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for your opinion. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Uh, you go your way, I'll go mine. <laughs> yeah, that's what you could say. You, yeah. you really could. And I remember my mom getting comments about that. We, there were six in our family. and uh, But she got tough skin through it all. Like you said, just that steely sense of, no, I know who I am. I've made my choices, and I'm very happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to move forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, God has blessed me. Look how he's blessed my life. We had a... Absolutely. Uh, and I, you know, that's that I think is the key. And I keep encouraging people to bring out that joy, because a lot of times people see that and they say, "I don't have that, and I want it." And so a lot of times the reaction is, "I wish I had what you have, but I don't think I can make the sacrifice." And you just keep bringing forth the joy, and and they see that it's real. Very beautiful. We had a uh, there were some large families in our parish here. And uh, one of them said, this was in, in March, April, and people were hoarding and, you know, taking things off the shelf and buying way regular weekly necessities and getting a lot of mean looks from people because they thought she was just piling all of this toilet paper and milk and whatever it was, potato, into the, into the cart to hoard. And she's... she's she, said that she had to keep explaining i'm not hoarding this is what my i have a big family i've got nine kids ten kids and 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 this is what we need to get through the week so don't judge me (laughs) it was was especially difficult i think at at that point so well we've been visiting with uh, father peter martin uh, father peter i I just gave uh, you put you back in the seminary and changed the way it ended for you peter sorry about that we're we're visiting (laughs) (laughs) you've got some splaining to do uh peter martin he's the director of uh, Office of Life, Marriage, Family, and uh, Faith Formation in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, along with Father Anthony Craig, broadcasting from St. Joseph Church in Crosby, Minnesota. We'll continue our discussion with uh, Peter Martin in just a moment here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. In today's world, we are enslaved to addiction. I'm Father Chris Alar. Alcoholism, pornography, and drug abuse 
have become the master of millions of lives, maybe even your own. Addiction has led to countless deaths by overdose and suicide, so what can be done about it? Victims often explain they are searching to escape the troubles of this world, or they are trying to find a form of ecstasy. Unfortunately, these enslavers provide neither. The experience is only pseudo, a fleeting imitation of an authentic spiritual experience. There's only one true spiritual experience that can provide fulfillment, and when you find it, you will find hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Not Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible. and We hope the future brings you here, close to home at mountmarty.edu. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Real Presence Live is coming to you for the first time, uh, I believe, in, in history from... We're broadcasting from St. Joseph Church in Crosby. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, and uh, here with the, uh, the the leader of our church, the administrator officially, and uh, <laughs> potentially pastor once we get a bishop, uh, Father Anthony Craig is uh, is with us as well. And uh, our guest uh, in this segment, I, I, I called him Father Peter by mistake, but uh, I guess it's not really a mistake. He is a father. He has eight kids, uh, and he is the director of uh, office of the Office of Life, Marriage, and Family and Faith Formation for the Diocese of uh, Winona, Rochester. Peter Martin is with us. Good to have you back, yeah, Peter. Thanks. thanks so much for having me. So I can start out. We're going to talk about fatherhood, and it's a it's a tricky question um, because. You know, it's so confused. Uh, there's been so much talk about masculinity and what that means. Um, but the first thing I would say is that our role is, is uh, it's a very challenging one because we are the first image of God to our children. And so we have to show forth God's love. And that's very difficult because as uh, parents, Many of us start out without any experience at all. My wife had little siblings. I, I'm the youngest. So when it came to raising kids, I knew nothing. I never babysat a day in my life. Uh, so kind of learning as I go. And that's one of the things as a father I've learned that's very difficult is that I have to both show my love to them. I also have to show justice because I need to bring them up in virtue. And so obviously, uh, you know, the father has to show what's right and what's wrong. 
oftentimes he gets the role of being the disciplinarian. Um, but what does that show when we, we give them that guidance of, no, this is right, this is wrong? That brings them up to be strong adults in the world. Uh, and, and they recognize that there are boundaries, right? There are things that I can do and things that I can't. And it all points to the fact that I am not alone in this world. Again, another great part of having a large family is that we teach the kids just by being a sibling that the world's not all about me. I have other siblings that I need to either protect or, you know, uh, care for. But yes, fatherhood, it has a great challenge. Uh, thanks, thankfully, St. Paul, he gives good advice. You know, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And that's so gotta be a, discipline, yeah. go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's got to be a challenge, too, holding that healthy tension of, of the correction and setting boundaries, but at the same time not provoking them to anger. Um, it's very difficult. Yeah, I can only imagine. When, when that when that reading comes up at Mass, you know, that's one of the reasons I became a deacon, so I could get away from my family during church. <laughs> because whenever... <laughs> not really. Effective. Not really, but whenever whenever that um, reading would come up in in the course of the year in, in, in church, my wife would look at me and my, my daughter would nudge me in the ribs and my son would nudge me on the other side. I'm like, what? Provoking? What? I mean, I'm, I, I can be a little... A little uh, menacing, I think. <laughs> I'm sorry, Te- teasing and <laughs> teasing and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Ah, sorry, Peter. I, I went on a tangent there. That's okay. <laughs> you one, were saying, one, of, though. one of the one of the things that m- my wife and I mentor couples as they're engaged, and and uh, also we do retreats for for couples that are married, and. It's this discussion of father, the father and husband as being the spiritual leader of the family that catches many men by surprise. I mean, shock mm-hmm. to the point where we're having a discussion. Let's say it's an engaged couple in our in our in our living room and they're, you know, relaxed on, on the couch and we're sitting in chairs and just visiting with them. And as soon as I bring this up, all of a sudden the guys are leaning forward, you know, in, in their chair mm-hmm. with this fear on their face and their jaws mm. hanging open. They don't know they're doing it, but every single man that, mm. that we've, we've talked to has the same, you know, this, this reaction, like, I, I, I don't want that. Yeah, the gravity I, it's, of it. It's yeah. too much. You know, that, you're asking more of me than I understood before. So that father's role uh, is, is just so important. Yeah, the protector mm-hmm. and the offerer of truth and and even also to shine forth that image of God, you said that Peter as well, that he images, he's the first image of God for his children and that there's a distance to cross between them and him. Uh, their mother is always very close, but to cross the distance to, to father is a distance that represents even our distance to God in some ways, that, that as an analogy anyways. And um, it's so important. And it, the father needs to be that example that does shine forth that fatherly love of the Heavenly Father that he images as well. Absolutely, and I just want to break in and give the advice that I was given through a book I read uh, when I was an early father that I've taken to heart, and that is that that children need to know that they are loved by their father, and the great way of doing that is spending one-on-one time. So I have what we call daddy time with each of my children, and it's not too complicated. Typically, we go 
into town, uh, but it's just me and one of the other kids, and we spend an hour together, maybe more, maybe less, but it's just that time where I can tell them that I love you, and it, and it, it's our time together, and, and it's really necessary, especially as the world gets disjointed, as, as time gets more sparing. Uh, it's, it's necessary for us as fathers to take that time, that one-on-one time, and let them know, I truly love you for who you are. Yeah, and they'll never forget that. That's mm-hmm. good. The DT, the daddy time. That's good. DT. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that's, that that's important. That's a great hint to other fathers, too, that mm-hmm. maybe have that even in their heart, but they haven't uh, gone forward in that yet. But, yeah, this is a great encouragement. Thanks, Peter, for mentioning that. That's awesome. Yeah. I think um, maybe we'll just move briefly to also mothers and children and how they contribute to the mission of the family. Sure, yeah. The the beauty of our complementarity between husband and wife is that we each give that which is necessary for the wholesome upbringing of a child. And every time we talk about a, a kind of a psychological breakdown, oftentimes there was something lacking. Uh, and, and so a mother brings a lot of things that a father cannot. Uh, in our family in particular, my wife brings a, a her femininity and brings a lot of delicacy that I certainly would avoid, but it's also necessary for our boys, for example, to be able to set the table nicely, for them to have the courtesy of uh, treating their sister differently than they treat their brothers. Uh, these are things that my wife brings, and again, it's the, it's the beauty of the family. God certainly knows what he's doing when he puts man and woman together, because this, and we know this with our studies, uh, this is what we need to be wholesome. Yeah, that's, that's excellent, Peter. Um, and, and then children, too, as they receive that, and mothers and fathers kind of almost do remote marriage prep with them as they... Um, help them learn justice, uh, especially if they're of different, uh, you know, sexes, if there's a male and female child, you know, as they have to get along with each other, uh, as the parents kind of encourage that, they're going to have to have somebody else under the roof that they had get along with down the road, their future spouse that's of an opposite sex, and they had to get along with somebody in their home, which was practice for this other relationship down the road. Uh, and mothers and fathers really help their kids to do that and mar- remote marriage prep as they do that. Absolutely. Deacon, you said you prepare engaged couples. My wife and I do as well. And every time we come upon an engaged couple whose parents were both married their whole lives, Mm -hmm. we sigh uh, relief because we know that they have had that remote preparation. Sure, Mm -hmm. the the marriages were not perfect. No one's is. uh, But they at least had an example of faithful love. That's that's it's it's beautiful. It's powerful. We love that too when when we when we meet that uh, in couples. But uh, something that's been inspirational to me is that sometimes when there is a, a separation or a divorce in in, in a family, um, we spend a little extra time working with that particular uh, uh, the f- fiance, the, the the bride or the groom, um, just to find out you know what they what their attitude is about marriage. And many of them, I'm great. Glad, glad to know this and, and to experience. They're very, very cautious about getting married because they do not want that. You know, they want forever. They want to be sure 
when they enter into this that they are in the right place. And so, I mean, things happen in life, and, and, and you don't know what's going to come at you that's going to challenge that. But um, that, that desire of, uh, of forever, you know, is, is a beautiful thing to witness. No, absolutely. Nature has a way of correcting itself, you know. They mm-hmm. have a, a bad taste in their mouth, and they want to fight against that. So, yes, it's beautiful. It's a great motivator. Mm-hmm. Very good. Do you have any uh, any final thoughts you'd like to share with us, Peter? Oh, no, just the challenge that, you know, families become who you are. None of us is perfect. Each of us has a family that's dysfunctional, and that's okay. God works, and he writes straight with crooked lines. So be faithful. Uh, as you said, Deacon, uh, I think early on, you know, get on your knees and recognize the power of prayer. Pray for your 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 own family, your your own siblings, your parents, and and just know that you know we have a duty to bring forth God's love. It's not always easy, but in the end, it certainly works. The the world appreciates our sacrifices. Okay. Well, Peter Martin, I thank you very much for being with us. Peter's the director of uh, Office of Life, Marriage, Family, and also Faith Formation Diocese of uh, Winona, Rochester. It's been a real treat uh, visiting with you, Peter. Thank you very much, and God Thanks. bless you. Thank you, God guys. Bless you, Peter. Yeah, thank you. Very good. So, uh, here we go. Did you know that this will be the first ever married couple with children to be canonized in the same ceremony? Who are Saints Louis and Zélie Martin? How did I do? That, that was perfect. That man. was not bad. That was perfect. Uh, was, <laughs> we'll find uh, we'll find that out in just a minute when we bring in our next guest, uh, guest Father Nick Nelson, from uh, representing the Diocese of Duluth. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, along with Father Anthony Craig, your host. We're broadcasting from St. Joseph Church in Crosby, Minnesota, on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.